Amen. That's right. I'm not kidding. Break out your workbook. Turn to that section on New Age. Once again, we're in our study on world religions, cults, and the occult. And by way of recap, as you turn to there to that section on New Age, we've, of course, already been seeing that New Age, or NAM, for those of you hooked on acronyms, uh, is a, a very important uh, uh, false teaching, unfortunately, today that we need to get equipped upon because it is creeping in the church and it is preparing people for what the Bible called the Antichrist kingdom. Okay, the Bible is the only book on the planet that says that basically the tenets of New Age, you don't want to have anything to be a part of it. Okay, and we took a look at their basic belief systems. Sometimes it's kind of hard uh, to get uh, a, a grasp of the uh, basic tenets of New Age because they, we're going to see again tonight, they get their truth from a multitude of sources. You and I get it from the Bible, and that's it. They get it from all kinds of things. And specifically, as we're going to see, they get them from occult practices. Now, who's behind the occult? That would be Satan. That, would, of course, would be demons. You're dealing with something that is demonic. So is it any wonder that you end up with a bunch of demonic false teachings because that's their source? And we're going to see that again tonight. Uh, they believe in uh, uh, pantheism. All is God. God is all, etc., blah, blah, blah. Of course, the big lie started by Satan back in Genesis chapter 3, that you can become God uh, or that you are God. You just need to realize that. The whole thing is based on moral relativism. There is no absolute truth, which right there in itself is an absolute statement, so you can't assess the irony of the whole thing. Okay, uh, But you get to make up truth. Whatever's true for you is true for you. Whatever's true for me is true for me. And that's everywhere, unfortunately, in our society today. But that has laid a premise for their belief system that you could take it from anything and everything right, as their source of truth and we're going to see tonight. We took a look at some of their terminology, the buzzwords that are out there that is new age through and through, including, uh, as we saw before with what's her name, uh, not only with Oprah Wankanomi, but we left off with Roma Downey, right? And what was her production company, like Lightworkers Productions or something? That is a new age term, Lightworkers, bringing in the new light. We'll get to that again, uh, Lord willing, tonight. Then we dealt with the issue of the history of new age, okay? But tonight, <clears throat> we're going to get into the practices, okay? Of New Age. We dealt extensively where did it come from historically. Now, where does it come from as far as their so called source of truth? Now, at the bottom of the page there, you see the Age of Aquarius. How many of you guys remember that song? Now, I didn't ask you to sing it, okay, uh, but I figured that was going to happen. The Age of Aquarius. Now, uh, we're going to see in just a second, believe it or not, <clears throat> the Fifth Dimension, the group that came up with that song. Uh, apparently, uh, they were used to begin that process of propagating New Age thinking uh, in the 60s. We'll take a look at that in a second. The Age of Aquarius, it says there, uh, the astrologers believe... Ooh, what, 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 what's that? So what is a, a source of their truth? Astrology. Is that biblical? Absolutely not. We'll get to that in just a bit. Astrologers believe that evolution goes through cycles corresponding to the signs of the zodiac. Dramatic pause, because you just filled in a blank, and you haven't done that in 19 years. But that's right. Zodiac is your blank there, <laughs> right? Is the blank there, uh, each lasting from 2,000 to 2,400 years, according to that false teaching, right? Now, notice again, I've been belaboring this point. You need evolution, not only for the lie, to do away the, the existence of the Judeo-Christian God and Judeo-Christian ethic and belief system, physical evolution, but you need evolution for part two in the last days, and that's spiritual evolution, right? That mankind's going to spiritually evolve. That's what New Age is all about. Now, uh, the uh, New Age movement advocates saying that we are now moving from the cycle associated with the Pisces into the one associated with the Aquarius, hence the Aquarius, age of Aquarius or Aquarian age. The Aquarian age will supposedly be characterized by a heightened degree of spiritual or cosmic consciousness, an age of 
peace, they say, and uh, in golden enlightenment, blah, 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 blah. And they get a lot of that from astrology, but that's their big buzzword, age of Aquarius. That's the new age, age of synonymous, okay, basically. Now, at the top of the next page, uh, again, where do they get this from, right? And why is this so different than Christianity? Well, let's take a look there. Uh, first, let's take a look at their issue of authority, right? Authority. Uh, they believe that there is no objective source of authority. So basically what they just said was, this ain't it. Okay? It's really what it is. This ain't it. Uh, and that you are closed-minded. I mean, you guys been accused of that. You're so closed-minded. Right? I heard if you leave your brain open too long, though, you, they might then fall out. So, but, uh, but, you know, but anyway, so they say closed-minded, okay? And uh, if you're going to be really, you know, open-minded, you're going to look at all sources of truth. I don't have a problem looking at different sources of truth, okay? But the Bible demonstrates it's the only one that's trustworthy and reliable, okay? But they say that there is no objective source of authority. Sacred writings and devotional material from many traditions, they all have spiritual value, right? That's what they believe. So you shouldn't say you're being ignorant if you say it's only the Bible, right? And you're closed-minded. Well, what do we say? What does the Bible say? The Bible declares to you and I, it is the only source of authority. Now, how many of you guys remember that exciting acronym that we went through? Bubba Jones and Earl T. Mason ate pepper squirrel sausage. You guys remember that one? <laughs> Praise God, all one of you. Give it up for Tracy. That's right. And, uh, but remember we saw that in our study back in the Defenders of the Faith study, we went through the uh, intro to apologetics. Uh, we saw that that is the 10 lines of logical evidence why the Bible is unlike any other book on the planet. You got the Bible says so, Jesus says so, you got the apostles say so, you got the early church and church history say so, you got the transmission standards say so, manuscript evidence, archaeology, predictive prophecy, Bible prophecy, you got science and statistical uh, data and probability with the facts of the Bible, written over 14, 1,500 years by 40 different authors who didn't know each other over a multitude of generations, and it never once contradicts itself, ever once. No way could man ever whip up that book. Okay, the Bible is the only book on the planet. So that's your nifty, that's why I trained you with this. <laughs> Maybe next time you'll get it. But anyway, that's right. So that's why we believe in the Bible, not because we are being ignorant and closed-minded. I don't care. Bring on your things. And that's what we're doing with our study, is it not? We're looking at the different ones, and we're examining it with logic, with reason. Come, God says, let us reason together. God didn't say, check your brain at the door and become a Christian, right? And, but we got a problem with it, okay? But we look at the Bible, and it's like, hmm, I think that one wins 100% of the time, okay? But it's not just blind faith as we're accused. Logic and reason as well, okay? Number two, God. They say God is the ultimate reality, uh, and he's an impersonal power, uh, and he is just often spoken as an energy. It's kind of like a Mormonism, uh, consciousness, mind, or truth. God is everything, and everything is God. Hey, turn to your spouse tonight and say, hey, you're not God, right? That might explain that intense moment of fellowship you had on the right end, but now you know. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> okay, now what's the Bible say? What's the difference, right? The Bible says, no, no, there is only one God, but he represents himself as the plurality in that, not uh, three gods, but one God in three as the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And you think, well, that's three gods. No, no, no. As we saw before in our, again, Defenders of the Faith study, uh, we saw the issue. It's not one plus one plus one. That would equal three. It's one times one times one times one equals what? One right? So God presents himself as the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You also look at the issue of the Trinity. Uh, you look at uh, water. Water in itself is one thing, but you know what? If you freeze it, it becomes a solid, right? If you leave it alone, it stays a liquid, but if you heat it up, it becomes a, a vapor. Which one of those is not water? 
Same thing. So, so just because God presents himself as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's not three, it's one. So that's another. The other one is God is presented in the Bible as personal. Anybody glad for a personal relationship with God, the creator of the universe, through Jesus Christ? Oh, okay. Radically different uh, than what New Age, right? About Jesus, right? Because they'll say, oh, yeah, Jesus, but they'll relegate him, uh, unfortunately, to just a good teacher. Okay, but let's get a little more specific. They say Jesus was one of many appearances of God throughout the ages, one of many people who were fully aware of their true divinity. Now listen to this. This is very important. Christ is separate from Jesus. What? Jesus is not Jesus' last name. Do you guys know what Jesus' last name was? Ooh. Who said Smith? That ain't Smith. That is a good chance because you look in the phone book, odds are it's either Smith or Jones. Right? No. Okay, no. Uh, Jesus uh, uh, would most likely be Bar-Joseph. Okay? Son of Bar means son of Joseph. Barnabas, you heard Barnabas? Okay? He was son of Nabus. Bar-Nabus. Barnabas. That's where you get that. So that's what they say. So Jesus would be probably Jesus Bar-Joseph. Joseph, of course, being his adopted father. God is the father. Okay? The virgin birth issue there. But Jesus Bar-Joseph. Christ is not his last name. Christ is a title. Christ, Christos in the Greek, it means anointed one, which is a reiteration of the Hebrew word Mashiach, which means Messiah. So Messiah, anointed one, Christos, same thing, okay? They want to separate that, okay? It's a title. Jesus is the anointed one. He is the Messiah, the Mashiach, the Christos, right? They said, no, no, no. What that represents is a power. The term Christ represents a power that we can all tap into. And it's just Jesus, he was just a guy like you and I, and he was able to tap into this Christ power, this Christ consciousness, and we could all become gods. That's what they say. Okay, that's how they twist that term. Christ is separate, they say, from Jesus. He's the way shower, the way to, you know, tap into that power yourself. Uh, Christ, they say, is the perfect God idea, the awareness of divinity within each person, right? So we just need to tap into that. They believe. Well, what's the Bible say? No, he's fully God and he is fully man. He alone died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the grave of the dead for our justification. Okay, Did Buddha rise from the dead? How about Muhammad? How about the great confused one, Confucius? How about any of those guys? No, with all due respect, they're still in the grave. Jesus is alive. Okay, He is fully God, fully man, uh, sinless. Now, how about man? Well, here's what they say. They say humanity is not distinct from God. What? Okay, uh, human beings, they say, are essentially divine. God is within each person. Everyone has the, listen, here's that term, Christ spirit uh, within them. And everything, everyone is potentially good. The human problem, though, they say, is illusion, ignorance, and lack of perception. People are unaware of their true identity as divine. Again, that's the common thread. Genesis 3, the lie from Satan has just been repackaged, warmed over, being sold to people today. As we saw before, even in the church, you got the word of faith teachers. Not only are they teaching the Hinduism with uh, creative visualization, uh, uh, using the uh, Hindu terms, putting Christian labels on it. You could have perfect wealth, perfect wealth. And they literally would say that we're little gods. This is where it all comes from. It's New Age Hinduism. What's crazy is it's creeping into the church. But they say that we need to just be uh, uh, aware of that, our true identity, and that we are one with God. That mankind needs to be enlightened to find the ultimate spiritual knowledge and liberation from the cycle of reincarnation. Again, you're seeing, again, a sprinkling of Hinduism in there as well. Well, what's the Bible say about man? That we're potentially good, that we're good by nature, and we're all that stuff, and we're divine? Are you kidding me? No, we are sinful by nature, okay? That's why you had that intense moments of fellowship on the way in. 
We won't go there. Uh, sinful by nature and therefore separated from God. God is holy. We are not. That's the gospel, right? And praise God for somebody taking the death penalty in our place. Jesus on the cross, right? Radically different uh, than New Age. And you are not God. And again, we saw for somebody to say that you can become God, you are God, you just need to realize that you're God, that would mean that there would be more than one God. That is a, not just a biblical uh, heresy. It is a logical fallacy, right? Because God, by definition, is supreme being. And if there's more than one, nobody's supreme. <laughs> it's crazy, okay? Uh, salvation. What's their version of so-called salvation? Uh, they say that people overcome a lack of perception by using techniques to change or transform their consciousness. And they can attain enlightenment. Now, what do they mean by that term? Realize that you are God, right? And so that's their bold, the, the, your way to be, quote, saved. Remember we saw them twisting even the biblical words like atonement? Atonement is to realize you're not a sinner and you are God, right? So they use even Christian terms and twist them, okay? Uh, to change or transform the consciousness, to attain this enlightenment, supposedly you're God, they say, uh, when they step outside the ordinary modes of perception. Can I translate that for you? When you step outside of the Bible, okay? And you go into, what's the words there? Altered states of consciousness, Right? And again, we saw, unfortunately, many of the things that are coming in the church today with yoga and all this uh, uh, prayer movement that's going on that is not biblical prayer. It's getting people into an altered state of consciousness with this centering prayer and the breathing prayer and all this, right? It is getting people into an altered state of consciousness. And the problem is, once you get into an altered state of consciousness, guess what you just tapped into? Into the demonic realm. You open up spiritual doors that you don't want to mess with. And this is what they think you need to do in order to, quote, be saved. To be saved from your dilemma that you don't realize uh, that you are God, okay? Uh, and that you need to step outside the ordinary modes of perception into altered states of consciousness that dispel the illusory boundaries of individual existence. Souls are, oh, what's the word there? Evolving. There it is again. Evolving towards union with God and will eventually find spiritual knowledge and liberation from the cycle of rebirth. There it is again reincarnation which we saw once again is not true back in our hinduism study because the bible says that you are born once hebrews 9 27 memorize that man is born once you die once and then you face god period ipso facto okay now what's the bible say about salvation uh by grace through faith that's it you can't earn it. it's a gift from god jesus did it all period okay and you don't get there through some altered state of consciousness okay and you're certainly not by realizing you're god Okay, that's the problem there. Now, the question is, where in the world, as we're going to spend the next few weeks, where in the world do they get this, okay? And this is back to that first issue, the issue of authority, right? As we saw in the very beginning, how many of you guys remember the introduction we did? At least you're honest, praise God, okay? But back in the introduction, the reason why I went through the introduction is because what we were about to embark upon is really this. The reason why there's so many different world religions, cults, and the occult, the reason why there's so many different versions and twistings and false teaching within Christianity is not because God got it wrong and not because the Bible's hard to understand. It's because people don't stick to this and they play fast and loose with this. You don't need a science degree to read the Bible. A six-year-old could read the Bible and come away with a gospel message. Did you know that? Right? Yet at the same time, it's so profound, so deep, that it's been keeping theologians busy for centuries. Okay? But God did not write this book and his truth so difficult that some hierarchy is the only ones who has the super knowledge for us to understand. No. Right? But what people do is they try to treat it that way or assume it's too hard or, frankly, just veer off. Or they get into this relativistic mindset. Well, it's the Bible, but I think maybe it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, little... and once you veer off this book, you're in a heap of trouble. Okay? And that's what they do. Okay, but let's take a look at the New Age movement. 
is an eclectic hodgepodge of beliefs, practices uh, that they believe is the truth to alleviate the human problem, right? The human suffering, uh, their version of hope. And believe it or not, if you do the research, a lot of it, of course, we've, we dealt extensively, right, for many weeks on the history, okay? But recent history in our own country, a lot of it was a reactionary movement back to the 60s. You look at post-World War II, and uh, when you got a lot of the soldiers coming back home and, and uh, all that stuff, and uh, the economy started to go in the tank, and it was pretty rough there for a while. And, and they're just, there was, a, as far as the church, the spiritual condition of the church at that time in America, was just kind of intellectual, stale coldness. Okay, it's really what it was. Uh, people going, by and large, by and large, not saying everywhere, but by and large across America, it was just people going through the motions, right? Just punching in your time clock. No real substance, right? Just people are just bored out of their gourd, and, and I'm so glad that never happens today. People go, you know, now we're getting into Sunday sermon, okay, from last Sunday. Uh, but no, and, but what happened was you got a whole group of youth coming up, okay, and now you're getting into now the 60s, and now you got the Vietnam War, you got a lot of turmoil going into our country, and so naturally as teenagers, and you got turmoil just like today, folks, right? You got turmoil going on, guess what they're doing? You look for answers and then they looked at the church in that state and what they say forget that and they backed up into new age hinduism buddhism and all that stuff ready to just eat them right up okay so a lot of it was a reactionary movement uh to unfortunately uh with the church the church's behavior we're supposed to be the salt and light and i think we're seeing in a certain sense a repeat of that today Okay, unfortunately. But on the other hand the bible told us that would happen in the last days what's going to happen to the church get better and better and better now the apostasy and I think we're full-blown into that as well. But that's a reactionary movement against the Western values of the Judeo-Christian religion. And they began to look for a new way, a better way, that would dawn for humanity, hence the age of Aquarius. Now, just very quickly, we saw back with, starting with Emanuel Swedenborg, the Theosophical Society, if you recall, back with Helen Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, New Thought. Again, I'm not going through all that. We've already been through all that. Uh, Edgar Casey, remember, even uh, Secular Psychology, uh, Carl Jung, uh, into seances and necromancy. We're going to get into that eventually, Lord willing. Uh, he was a big proponent, by the way, of the age of Aquarius and stuff. So he was even like an early New Ager. And, and if you think that's left secular psychology, I'm sorry, you're dreaming. Okay, a lot of that stuff is still in there today. Okay, uh, many of these guys also had that came with them apocalyptic beliefs. Okay, with the New Age movement uh, concerning the New Age. Now, the Bible calls that the last days, they call it the New Age. And that's a complete twisting. Now, what's also coupled with that is, and we dealt with this also in the introduction that you guys all memorized. Pastors can dream, okay? But uh, <laughs> is UFOs, right? And they're using UFOs, of course. We dealt with our issue in great detail in UFOs because that's a big source of truth. With channeling, when they channel and get into these altered state of consciousness, guess who comes piping in? Suppose it's space brothers from the system Pleiades or blah, 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 or orbiting the earth or the photon belt and all that other terminology. Uh, it's demons, Okay, and Lord willing, probably not this week, but next week we'll get into familiar spirits and what the Bible talks about that as well. Um, that happens when you tap into that demonic source. But UFOs, now why is that important? Because I believe, and I still have some in my office uh, for research purposes, um, when I was in, into New Age, still for proof, because people say, oh, come on, you're just Christian conspiracy. No, 
New Age books that are channeled messages from supposed UFOs, aliens, which are not their demons, but uh, that they say that uh, they are going to be the reason for the disappearance of millions of people across the planet, i.e. the rapture. They are the perfect excuse for the rapture, right? What happened to your loved one? You got a worldwide panic. Who was it? It was the aliens who sucked them up into their spaceships. Hollywood, for how many years now, is putting that into people's minds, right? That that's what is going to happen, and they're going to march in. That's lie number one to explain away the rapture of the church. Number two, and this is New Age, Number two, okay, they are saying, the Bible says last day, seven-year tribulation, you don't want to be there, you better get saved now, escape at the, before the seven-year tribulation begins with the church, at the rapture, the pre-trib position, okay, they say, uh, oh no, no, the people who are left behind, it ain't the last days, these are good days, this is the beginning of the age of Aquarius, this is a good thing. So they not only explain away the rapture of the church, say it was aliens, that's why these people disappeared, they're okay, don't worry about it, they say the people who are left behind, you are a chosen one. You're a light worker, right? This is a great thing. And, and, and here's what they do. They go to stage three. Now, as we know, the Bible tells us that in the seven-year tribulation, the people who are left behind, you're going into the worst time in the history of mankind, right? You got all these atrocities. You got the world going on. You got asteroids slamming into the earth. It's earthquakes shaking the whole planet more than one time. You got a, a fourth of the planet going up in a global war. You got another third going out with a demonic horde and all this stuff. It's just a horrific, horrific, horrific time. And so the New Agers are what they're saying in these channel messages were demons, including UFOs, supposedly, which are also demons. Uh, they say that, no, 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 this is not the wrath of God in the seven-year tribulation. This is lie number three. They say, yes, it's kind of bad right now, understatement of the year okay they say this is mother earth cleansing herself and you just need to be the ultimate survivor and hang on right like the movie 2012 build that crazy boat right okay and on the other side is the age of aquarius right so three deceptive lies right Okay, and I don't know about you, but if the biblical account was true that there is a pre-trib rapture that you don't want to miss right before the seven-year tribulation begins, and there's going to be seven years of literally God's wrath poured on this planet, the worst time in the history of mankind, okay, I don't know about you, but if I was Satan, I would come up with some whacked-out lie to get people to ignore the truth, the only way out of this mess, and make it sound like it's a good thing being left behind, and that's exactly what New Age is doing, okay? These are the days that we live in. Okay, but that's what they do. They believe that that's some apocalyptic thing. UFOs are all mixed into that. New Age again. Uh, they they have the two, the term New Age, Age of Aquarius. You know, the Aquarian Age, right? And again, as I said, that was the fifth dimension. That group. How'd it go again, Bobby? All right, that's good. Okay, but here's the words. <laughs> and what you're going to see, and we're going to get into this. Probably the only one tonight. One of their sources of truth is from astrology, right? Now, I've got the words here from that song. I'll read a couple of few lines for you. But you can see that if you paid attention to the lyrics, unfortunately, most people don't, they're singing astrology. But it's New Age astrology, right? That this age is coming upon us, and the stars are going to align just right, and everything's going to be great, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. This is the dawning of... Yeah, I'm not singing that. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Harmony and understanding, sympathy and trust abounding. No more falsehoods or derisions. Golden living dreams of visions. Mystic crystal revelation. We'll get into that. Crystals. Uh, and minds, uh, and the minds, true liberation. Aquarius, Aquarius. Let the sun shine in. Let the sun shine in. Blah, 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 the sunshine in. Now, their version of light and the sun, man, you don't want to have anything to do with that. Remember what we saw? Another big lie from uh, New Age is Lucifer, which means light bearer, and that's one of their big buzzwords, light worker, light 
worker, light media, light right? uh, son, uh, that's, uh, they think he's a good guy. And that you and I Christians have got it all wrong, and it's just really ruining his day because he's here to help. Right? And he's the light bearer. Let his light shine and bring peace to... Now, you don't want to be a part of that. But anyway, uh, but anyway, of course, this got popularized, this term anyway, Age of Aquarius. The teachings were, you know, the counter-reaction in the 60s was backing up into it already. But, of course, uh, the, the Aquarius, and, and that was actually even being advertised at the Woodstock Festival, if you remember that, in those days. Uh, also on the musical Hair, right? That cool time thing, whatever. Uh, and uh, also at the same time that this was happening, you had a, a birth of all kinds of different religious movements. Still in today, you got the San Francisco Zen Center, Transcendental Meditation, the Inner Peace Movement, the Church of All Worlds. There's that premise again from New Age that the Bible says you don't want to have nothing to do with all religions coming together into one, right? Remember the Bible's only book on the planet says what? That's part of the Antichrist kingdom. A one world government, a one world economy, a one world religion, and a mark of the beast with the false prophet, the Antichrist. Christ. Okay, you don't want to have to. And it's a good thing that there's no candidates today that wants to have open borders. Man, now he's getting political. Okay, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> wow. Anyway, let's move on. Oh, but also the Church of Satan took off at this time. Now, why would that be important? Why is that coming out at the same time? New Age. Well, who's their light bearer? Lucifer, Satan, right? And as we're going to see with some of these uh, sources of truth, it's also demonic as well. Okay, and Satanism, what's the number one law of Satanism? Do what you will shall be the whole of the law. You're your own God, right? So isn't, that's just a new age, right? So no wonder they can work together hand in hand. And of course, we saw the influx of Hinduism, Buddhism, and that's new age as well. Uh, Britain also, at the same time as us, during that time, uh, began to take off. Uh, they had their identified as what was called the light movement. And again, that's their buzzword, new age, light workers, and light media with... Uh, uh, Roma Downey. Uh, same influence, though, with the New Age, with Blavatsky and others. Uh, also, several key events begin to fuel this as well. Not as we saw before with the Beatles helped popularize it, right? Remember George Harrison's song uh, that he wove in Hare Krishna uh, with it? My Sweet Lord, right? Everybody, oh, it's a great Christian song. No, it ain't. Listen to it. He's singing about Lord Krishna, okay? Not Jesus Christ. And he's blending them purposely together. Again, why do they use music? Well, we talked about this before. Even in the early church, like in the early 200s, right, uh, when false teachers began to abound, because Satan lost, right? He lost. He knows that his gig is up. He's headed for the lake of fire, right? But where is the source of truth that people can find out the way out of this mess? It's in the Bible, right? And so what did he immediately do? And we see evidence of this in the Bible, right? Even in the New Testament letters, False teachers, right? Judaizers came in. Uh, you also got some other folks that began to come in. False teachings, right? And so false teachers, why? Because he's trying to confuse. He's trying to cloud. Now, one of the things that he tried to do uh, is to introduce, uh, if you study church history, to get people to start to buy into false teaching was music. And what they would do is they would put their false teachings, specifically, they usually would attack the deity of Jesus Christ, and they'd put them to little jingles, little ditties, that, you know, because music gets stuck in your head. What, how'd that song go again, Bobby? No, dude, you lost it. Never mind. You, dude, I, I had it going, man. You, I had a good point. You had it. You just, it went over the edge. But anyway, so, but no. Uh, but anyway, but typically, other than Bobby got two out of three times right, it sticks in your head, right? And that's what they would do with false teaching. Even in the early church, they would put their false teaching to music, and people would sing it and repeat it, and they wouldn't realize repeatedly that they're singing false teaching about Jesus. It's the same thing today, right? 
And so with the 60s, a lot of that stuff, with the music and stuff, but also with books as well. Now, uh, there was uh, Linda Goodman. She had some best-selling astrology books about that time that got people into this, which paved the way and helped get people into New Age as well. Uh, the sun signs, the love signs, of course, later in the 80s, early 80s, Shirley MacLaine comes out with her Out on the Limb, which was made in the movie. We saw that extensively. Also, an event we talked before about the harmonic convergence Okay, and that was in Sedona, Arizona, and that was one of the biggest, probably, I think today, possibly the biggest uh, New Age event, and uh, let me explain that to you just a little bit. It was the first world globally synchronized meditation event in August of 1987, and the whole reason why the harmonic convergence was they were converging in this power center that they believe was Sedona, Arizona, and the rocks there really contain crystals, and it helps with the vibrations to achieve better, we'll get into that in a second, and, uh, but they all were converging there to help bring about, usher in this age of Aquarius, this new age, this dawning of new age, and it was uh, uh, organized by a guy named Jose Argelis, and he worked with an astrologer, okay, this is the whole reason why they did it, uh, a guy named Neil Michelson, and uh, they, at that time, on that phrase, they said that the, there was an unusual configuration uh, of the stars and the planets, uh, the sun, the moon, Mars, and Venus were in exact alignment, okay? And so the convergence is purported to have, quote, corresponded with a great shift in the Earth's energy from warlike to peaceful. How's that working out for you? It ain't getting better, right? But that's, their hope. that's what they believe, that you know, the stars have power. This is astrology. Stars have power to influence our future and our personality. And we've noticed that according to these charts, they've aligned. And if we all get together and meditate, we can bust through and bring in the aid. That's what they believe. That's what this event uh, was all about. Uh, they also believe, that, uh, again, other power centers that we mentioned before, Mount Shasta, Mount Fuji, uh, also uh, Mount Olympus, the Great Period, and Machu Picchu. Uh, you hear about that in uh, Peru, I believe. And also Stonehenge. Now, what's interesting is fate would have it. We were actually there a week and a half ago uh, at Stonehenge. Did some footage there for the Rapture documentary, The Rapture, Don't Be Deceived. And uh, when I was doing some research, because we were figuring out, okay, how in the world are we going to work this into the Rapture thing? But by cracking, I think we did. <laughs> so anyways, I was on the cell phone researching all that. And I came across a little interesting thing. I'm going, wow, this fits our study. And believe it or not, remember the New Age is all about peace and love and flower power. And, and we just need to go from warlike to peace-like. And this is what this whole movement's all about. Just love and acceptance. Well, that ain't what happened at Stonehenge. Right? You can check it out. It's called the Battle of Beanfield. There was a beanfield, Bobby. No, I don't know, but the Battle of Beanfield. And basically what it was is a bunch of New Ages were converging to Stonehenge. Why Stonehenge? Because they believe that Stonehenge is one of these special places around the earth that you get achieve a better vibration of these spirits and you could channel this light down to be a light worker and make an age of Aquarius to speed up for humanity to evolve, blah, blah, blah. Actually, if you visit uh, Stonehenge and you do the research, that's a very bloody horrible place. Uh, in the circle there, the remains that they found of tons of bodies of people with uh, uh, human sacrifice, men, women, children. It's a horrific place there. It's like some bleh, right? But that's what they believe, right? So anyway, so they were converging on there, about 600 New Agers to do one of their festivals, okay? And uh, 1,300 uh, British police officers were trying to put a stop to it. They didn't have permission, apparently, whatever. Anyway, the police said they came under attack. They were being pelted with lumps of wood, stones, and gas bombs. This is the dawning of the age of people who beat you up. People who beat you, you with what? 
What happened to this peace thing, man? It's crazy, man. They went crazy. Eight police officers, 16 New Agers were hospitalized. 537 New Agers were arrested. It represented the largest mass arrest of civilians in England since the end of the Second World War. So much for being peaceful. And see, isn't that the irony? Isn't that the irony of you and I today? People say, oh, you just got to be tolerant. Christian, you just got to be tolerant and loving and peaceful. Right? And they are tolerant, loving, and peaceful until... You share your belief. <laughs> That's the hypocrisy, right? You say you're supposed to tolerate everything. You tolerate everything except me. But guess what? I'm part of the equation too. So, and oh, by the way, I'm not advocating violence or anything. But the moment I disagree with you, what do you do? You can go at me, okay? Now, <clears throat> okay, of course, they, anyway, so that, that, that's why today, as we found out, uh, you can't get direct access to Stonehenge. So they got to kind of barricade and stuff of that nature. Anyway, so there's great uh, diversity amongst the movement, and they got all this uh, big different uh, come one, come all. But by and large, when you take a look at the source of the truth, they're all involved in some sort of occult technique, which is demonic. So you're getting demonic false teachings every single one. Now, tonight, we're only going to be able to get into one, okay? And that is, again, the issue of astrology. Remember the age of Aquarius? They believe we're going from the age of, I think, Pisces to Aquarius or whatever. And that's their whole premise, the aligning of the stars, right? Uh, and, and again, this isn't the only one. This is one of them. Okay, but let's deal with that tonight. Astrology is a system of divination. Now, what's that? Divination, divine. It's a man-made technique to try to get access to the so-called divine for accessing wisdom, so-called wisdom, or events of the future. It could be throwing down some bones, ripping up some sheep guts and stuff of that nature. Not making haggis either, but uh, just, you know, all that innards and the way that their intestines are aligned. And, you know, all these weird occult techniques. Uh, runes, you know, you see that with the druids and stuff of that nature. But astrology, right? Looking at the stars, the way they're aligned, that's divination. Okay, one of the many things. Now, the Bible forbids that. Let's turn to that text, Deuteronomy 18, real quick. We've got to do some flipping here real quick. Deuteronomy 18, we've seen this before, but you need to get it drilled in your head. Okay. Uh, later, probably next week, we're going to see that the Bible also talks about uh, the uh, forbiddance of this in Leviticus as well um, because of the familiar spirit issue. But we won't be able to get into that tonight. Deuteronomy 18, the Bible says, don't you dare go down to this. This is a demonic deception. You want the truth, you stick to God's word. Don't get into some sort of occult technique, alter state of consciousness, or conjure up some sort of demonic spirit, okay? You're going to be lied to. So here's what he says there. Uh, Deuteronomy 18, and uh, this is what God says there. Verse, what, 9 there, around there? Uh, when you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a what? A medium or a spiritist, or who consults the dead. Well, that's about 75% of the TV shows. Think that's having any effect on the younger generation? And accepting these practices? Yes, it is. Okay. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. But you, what? You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Okay. God doesn't want people to be deceived. He is the truth. He wants people to know the truth. Israel uh, was to be the light to the nations, the Gentiles. And if they're going to resort to the so-called wisdom of man and the techniques that man look for wisdom outside of God, then what kind of a witness are they giving they were actually supposed to lead people to Jehovah God and their behavior in listening to the world and trying to seek wisdom in these aspects, okay, is leading people away from God. 
So he loves people he doesn't want to lie to, so it's a warning, but they're also being a bad witness. That's why you and I should have nothing to do with it. And I shared with you before, came across this stat, uh, man, 10 years ago. And amongst teenagers, maybe it's, my guess it'd probably be unfortunately more, uh, amongst teenagers, a poll was taken, and professing Christian teenagers, 4% of them admitted that during that week alone, they saw an occult a person, a psychic, at least once. You know what the stat was from the teenager non-Christian? 3%. Anybody have a problem with that? Now, you may see it's not like a big number. I think it's increased now. But why is the Christian number higher? Something's seriously wrong. Okay? But astrology is divination that uses positions of the stars, the planets, the moon, and the 12 zodiac signs. Thanks to John Bon Jovi back there. That has all changed. We'll get to that hopefully in a second. Uh, the 12 zodiac signs as a means to predict the future. That's right. Predict the future and learn about human events as well as your personality trait. Now, how many guys would realize that stars are made of a material, you know, some sort of thing, gaseous material of something, but God created the stars. You might get that, right? So it's a created thing. It's like a rock, right? How many guys realize that a rock cannot speak? Anybody? Please verify that for me tonight. How many guys realize that a rock uh, does not think? How many guys realize that a rock, therefore, cannot predict the future, and a rock has no bearing on your personality? Now, if you want to take the rock, which I don't recommend, and smash it over your head several times, it'll have an effect on you physically, but, uh, and maybe that's a sign of not a good personality, uh, but that rock has no power over you. Can we agree to that? This is the whole premise. A created thing, stars, planets, blah, determines the future and your personality. What? And it's crazy because you look at people, we've been preaching on Sunday, been, well, we, me, have been preaching on Sundays, you've been listening, praise God, all three of you, uh, <laughs> God's sovereignty. And usually sometimes in the Christian church, when you talk about God's sovereignty, that he is sovereign over all things, good, bad, or ugly, right? They say, oh, you're preaching fatalism. No, I'm not. The Bible says God's fully sovereign and man's fully responsible, right? Just like Jesus is fully God, he's fully man. You try to explain it, I don't know, but that's what the Bible teaches. He's fully sovereign, but man's fully responsible for his behavior, right? Period, right? But this, oh, that's fatalism, right? Well, excuse me, you're saying a rock governs my whole life, and not just my whole life, my whole future, but my whole personality. I'm stuck from a rock. <laughs> what? That's crazy, but that, that's really what it is, okay? Anyway, so that's what they believe. And one's birth date, whatever zodiac sign you fall in, that's, that's, you're stuck, man. You're stuck in that rock box. Okay, and man, have fun trying to escape that. I tell you what. All right, but that's very prominent. Of course, you got the Aries, the Taurus, the Gemini, the Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces, right? But they're trying to make it through the Aquarius sign there. All right, obviously, it's a false science, a false teaching. Uh, they maintain that these bodies, these heavenly bodies, rocks, okay, influence human character and action throughout gravitational or electromagnetic forces emanating from those bodies. Now, Let's deal with electromagnetic forces. How many guys realize that there is an electromagnetic force coming out of a light socket? Right? How many guys have ever found out that that can have a shocking effect on you physically? Right? But does that light socket, every day when you walk by it, you walk by it for direction in life? Oh, mighty light socket. If only I knew how today's events would unfold. Right? May your electromagnetic energy penetrate 
my future. And you, pfft, yeah, right, give me a break, right? But that's what they believe. So now you go from rocks to an electrical outlet. And we're the crazy ones, with all due respect. Come on. Right? But people get sucked into this. Right? So that's what they believe. Uh, it started ancient, a lot of them with the Babylonians. Uh, others did it too. Uh, but it was, it was a religion. Now, it is basically, really what it is, it's a form of divination, but also a form of idolatry. Okay? Idolatry, because it advocates looking to a created thing, a rock, okay, instead of God to determine directions for a person's life. Romans chapter 1, turn there. So why, therefore, is the wrath of God being poured out on the planet? Well, it's because people have the audacity to worship the planet and worship stars and worship created things rather than the creator. And that's what Paul's argument is in Romans chapter 1. You should look at the stars. We'll get to the purpose of why did God put the stars up there in the first place and the biblical premise for them, because there is a purpose for them, but they are not the ones who govern your future. It's just a rock, okay? And uh, Romans chapter 1, Paul talks about this, I think starting with verse 18. He says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, including the stars, so that men are without excuse. So you look at the stars, one of the purposes of why God put them up there, we'll look at some other ones in just a little bit, Lord willing, is to show you that, wow, you look at the stars, and you, what's the logical response? This didn't happen by chance. Are you kidding me? This is way beyond mankind. There's nothing normal about This is supernatural. There must be a creator, a God. So you look at creation, that's Paul's argument, and you should come to the conclusion that God is real. But that's not what they did. They became twisted in thinking and began to worship creation instead of the creator. And that's what he continues to say. For although they knew God, because the evidence is everywhere, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their fools' hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in sinful desires the hearts to the sexual, uh, uh, sexual impurity for the degrading their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served what? Created things rather than the creator who is forever uh, to be praised uh, amen. So it's a form of idolatry. You just, it's a big giant idol. You turn the earth and the stars and the constellations into an idol. Now, what they do, that's their belief system. These alignments and all this stuff and the formulas and it's supposed to be this and the cycles and blah, blah, blah. God didn't do it to create astrology. He did it to give us an early form of GPS as well. We'll get to that in a little bit. Okay, but they take a look at all that stuff, right? And they develop this thing called the horoscope, right? Now, it comes from a couple of different words. Uh, uh, horror, which means uh, time. Uh, uh, skapos, which means observer. Also, like where we get, you know, you look through a scope. So, time observer, right, is really what the horoscope means, okay? And uh, they produce this as a prediction based on all these formulas and the alignments of these rocks with light socket abilities, right? And they produce this time observer report. It's a horoscope, right? for you to understand what's going to happen in your future and your personality trait, and you're stuck with that. Now, again, they're extremely ambiguous, right? You know, I always thought, like, hey, if these things are so exact and they are exactly going to predict the future, why isn't every astrologer the most richest person on the planet? Give me the numbers to the lottery every week. 
right? Oh, no, very bland. And one guy, he says this, he, he just randomly did it, you know, okay, what, what, what are they going to pop up on, on mine? And he says, here's what popped up. Quote, here's his time observer for the day, horoscope. When it comes to love and romance, you may find yourself in a bit of a pickle. And he says, well, hello, that can fit anything, no matter what, it's so bland. He says, quote, maybe, maybe today I, I may have said something to upset my wife. I, I find myself in a bit of a pickle. But when you use words like may find or a, a bit of a pickle, it could fit any situation, anybody, whatever. I've used the example before. You know, they come out there, ooh, look at this, Cheryl. Your time observer report for today is, according to rocks, is you will be in downtown Vegas which is a population of over 2 million people and 3 million people visit Las Vegas every single month. You'll be in downtown Vegas and you will see somebody you never saw before. <laughs> yeah, can you believe it? It's real. It's, and this is the whole, it's, just, it's crazy, right? That's the whole premise, right? That's your time observer report for today. Obviously, that's why astrology is condemned. Okay, in the Bible. And the Bible actually mentions specifically astrologer uh, in one place, but talks about the practices and multiple others. Isaiah 47, write this down. Isaiah 47, verse 13 says, and God speaking, obviously this is a rebuke. Okay, he says, you are worried with your many counsels. Let now the astrologers, those who prophesy by the stars, rocks, those who predict by the new moons, okay, electromagnetic radiation, Okay, stand up and save you, God says, from what will come upon you. In other words, fine. You don't want to listen to me? Judgment's coming. You want to turn to those guys, to rocks and electromagnetic stuff? See if that's going to save you from what's coming. How many guys would say that the people were in a heap of trouble? Yeah, but he mentions it by name. Other passages in the, the scripture forbid this also. Deuteronomy 4.19 and beware not to lift up your eyes to heaven and see the sun and the moon and the stars and all the host of heaven and be drawn away to worship them and serve them, those which the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. That's not the purpose of the stars. We'll get to that again hopefully in a second. Jeremiah 10, uh, verse 1 through 3. Hear the word which the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, do not learn the way of the nations. Do not be terrified by the signs of the heavens, although the nations are terrified by them, for the customs of the people are delusion. Daniel brings this out, Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 4, 2.27 and 4.7. Daniel answered before the king and said, As for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither the wise men, the conjurers, the magicians, nor the diviners are able to declare it to the king. Right? You're surrounded by all these astrologers, all these wise guys. How come they can't get it right? Because it's a bunch of baloney. King Nebuchadnezzar. You'll be in downtown Babylon today. And you'll see somebody you never saw off with his head. Right? Yeah. But we fall for it today. Right? Uh, Daniel 4, 7. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans, and the diviners came in, and I related the dream to them, but they could not make the interpretation known. Why? Because it's a bunch of baloney. And so we see from the Scripture, Israel, including you and I today, are forbidden to worship celestial bodies, that astrologers will be judged, and that Israel and us are not to be concerned with the celestial signs. 
Now, the Bible talks about in the last days, there's going to be signs in the heaven, but that is as an indicator that times are getting close. Not to where, oops, put the Bible down, now let's get into astrology. That's not at all what it's talking about. Right? It's just like a warning, like somebody put up a stop sign. But do you worship the stop sign? Absolutely not. Now, here's where the New Ager will try to trip you up. And that's the account in Matthew 2, go ahead and turn there, with the Magi. Surely they're using astrology to find maybe Jesus, and that becomes justification as to why this is okay for... No, it's not. In fact, when you take a look at that account, Matthew 2, let's go ahead and read it real quick, verse 1 through 2, okay, uh, you will see that uh, there's a lot of things about this account, unfortunately, we get wrong. And it certainly is not a promotion of astrology. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to what? We've come to worship him. Okay, let's take a look at some things we get wrong. Number one, the first thing we get wrong is typically the number. The number of Magi or wise men depending on your translation. We all assume there was three, but it doesn't say that. Did you notice what we just read? Did it say there was three there? No, it doesn't say three. Now, maybe there was three. We don't know, but people dogmatically assume it's three. Why? Because how many gifts were there? Three, but that doesn't mean there was three. So we don't necessarily even get that right. Now, what we did see before, and um, we brought this out again in the rapture study, uh, the rapture don't be deceived, is uh, what's interesting, when you take a look at the gifts, why was it those three gifts, right? And, uh, you know, if it was ladies, you give stuff like a casserole and, you know, and some towels and stuff, you know, whatever. But why in the world are they bringing them gold? I get gold, but frankincense and myrrh, woohoo, right? Why of all things was that? And there's theories, they say, you know, about symbolic of his death and resurrection and anointing spice, and it could be, right? Gold helped him to, when he had to make the flight into Egypt to escape persecution, and that, that's what they lived on. And it could be. But as we saw before, Jewish customs, before a groom would go get his bride, just before he was ready to go get his bride, Jewish customs uh, report that there are three things that the groom would adorn himself with right before it was time to go get his bride. And you know what that was? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So here's Jesus being born in the world to die on the cross for you and I, the bride of Christ, the church, and he's coming back to get us. And they brought him these ornaments for the wedding. Isn't that interesting? So I'm not being dogmatic about it, but it's kind of interesting. But we typically get this wrong right out of the gates. We always, it's got to be three, not necessarily so. Number two, we have a misconception that the wise men visited Jesus at his birth at the stable. Not so. Okay, when you take a look at that, uh, they came most likely days, months, maybe even uh, uh, a, a year later or more, uh, because in Matthew 2, 11 says, the wise men visited and worshiped Jesus in a house, not the stable. So this is after he was born. Some would say maybe he was two years old or whatever. Okay, so we get that wrong. Now, another thing we get wrong is these guys were not promoting astrology. Let me explain that to you. The Magi were wise men from the east, right? It says there. In the east, most likely Persia, which today is modern-day Iran. Uh, this means they traveled about 800 to 900 miles to come visit Jesus. Uh, most likely, though, from that area that, guess what? Where was their source of truth? Why would they take this journey on the first place? Because astrology told No. Because in Persia there, guess who was also there in that writing? And these are wise men, studious learners. They're looking from writings, right? Going to school. They probably came across the writings of Daniel. Daniel 
is, was the chief in the court in Persia. Okay, and in Daniel 9, 27, 24 through 27, includes a prophecy which gives a timeline for the birth of the Messiah. Also, they may have been aware of the prophecy from Balaam. The Bible records he was from the town of uh, Pethor on the Euphrates River, which is right near Persia. And in Numbers 24, 17, Balaam's prophecy mentions specifically a star coming out of Jacob. So ultimately, the source of truth to get them inspired to be looking for the Messiah, where did it come from, astrology or the Bible? From God's word, okay, uh, number one. Number two, the wise men were guided to look for the king of the Jews, okay, and uh, by some sort of stellar event. And again, uh, there are going to be events in the last days. The Bible talks about that. Weird things going on in the sky and things of that nature. And, and again, but does that mean just like a stop sign? I, I see a sign, a warning. I need to worship it and now seek direction from the rest of my days from it for direction in life? No, it's a warning sign. So there was something going on, but they ultimately started the journey from a biblical point. And by the way, if it really was astrology and it really was true, how come they had to ask for directions? Why didn't it take them to the exact spot? On the way, who did they have to go to? They had to go to King Herod, number one, in Jerusalem concerning the birth of the Christ. He directed them to scripture, again, prophecy. Where would the Messiah be born? Right? Bethlehem. So he goes there. So again, he had to get, they had to even get directions. On top of that, uh, they followed God's guidance joyfully. Matthew 2.10. Their gifts to Jesus were costly. They worshiped Jesus. And, and when it came back to go back home, did they break out the charts again? All right, which way are we going? What happened? God warned them in a dream. They listened to God, not astrology. Right? They listened to God, not man. Okay, and they left by another route. So you put it all together. Here's what's going on with this account. The Magi were men who read and believed God's word. Two, they sought Jesus. Three, they recognized the worth of Jesus Christ. Four, they humbled themselves to worship Jesus. And five, they obeyed God rather than man. What's that got to do with astrology? Nothing. So don't fall for that lie. That, oh, see, that's promoting astrology right there, the star. Not at all. Don't think so. Now, let's get into the biblical reason real quick, and we'll close for why does God put the stars there. Genesis 1 tells us uh, the beginning of that. Genesis 1, 14 through 19. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs for the seasons and days for the years. Let them be lights for the expanse of the heavens and give them light on earth. Right? So again, the lights were part of God's creation. They demonstrate his power, his majesty. It should give you the logical response. Oh, wow, there must be a God. But they were also given as a light. They were there to divide time as signs and seasons, to separate the light from the darkness. There is nothing at all in the Bible that says that we need to turn to God's creation to look for guidance, including the stars. They were given for signs and seasons. They were meant to mark times for us. Listen, they were also a sign for navigation, right? An early form, real early form of uh, GPS. How many guys are glad when you're driving? You don't have to break out that sextant thing. I am. Anyway, let's move on. But that's what it was used for, right? Okay, God also used the stars as an illustration to encourage Abraham of God's faithfulness. He says, look at the stars, and just like you can't count the stars, so it is going to be with your seed, right? And so, therefore, the stars became a reminder every time Abraham looked at them, even though he didn't see it yet, the stars became a reminder of God's faithfulness, right? And you and I, that should be you and I. We look at the stars and we're going like, my problems are so big, they're so horrible, nothing's ever going to change. Look at the stars. 
And God created all that, and he did, and he did it with a word, and he's above and beyond that, and I only see a tiny slice of him, and he upholds it and sustains it, and he keeps it from flying apart. I think he can handle this. So that's another reminder. And again, we saw before, the final judgment on the earth is going to be accompanied by astronomical events. So there are, but that's not something to worship, to get into astrology. It's just a warning, a warning something in the sky. Radically, our wisdom comes from God, not the stars, the word of God. Uh, Psalm 119, the word, God's word is a lamp to our feet, a light to my path, not astrology. Our trust is in God alone. He alone will direct our paths. Faith in anything else than God is misplaced. As Christians, we read the Bible, we pray to gain wisdom and guidance from God. Consulting, listen, a horoscope is a violation of God's mean of communicating with his children. Now, if you still want to believe it and prove it's a bunch of baloney, it just came out thanks to John Bon Jovi right back there. Did you cancel the check to Oprah yet? We'll talk about that later. Okay. And... Uh, Brought this, what was it, last week you gave me this or week before? Whatever, I'm going, you got to be kidding me. This fits in perfect with our study. But that NASA just revealed, if you didn't want to believe the biblical account, which hopefully you do, there's actually not 12 zodiacs, there's 13, so the whole thing is a bunch of hogwash. And I close on this. Quote, do you wait to make an important decision before reading your horoscope? Have you ever turned down a date because your zodiac sign was, says you weren't compatible? Do you have a little tattoo of your zodiac sign in your ankle? If so, we have very bad news for you. <laughs> NASA has recently revealed that there are actually 13 zodiac signs, and everything you ever knew about your horoscope has just changed. Why? Quote, the Babylonians developed a 12-month calendar based on the phases of the moon, divided the sky into 12 equal parts by looking at 12 distinct constellations uh, by which the sun appeared to travel over the course of a year. But... According to Babylonian ancient records, there were actually 13 constellations in the zodiac. But they decided to pick one out to make it convenient and fit their little thing. And that one they picked out was called Ophicus. And they left it out in order to make a little tidy match of 12. So they just took one out. This whole time, it's a bunch of baloney. Right? So NASA decided to do the math and incorporate the Ophicus, uh, the new sign that they left out. It's not new, it's been there the whole time according to this baloney anyway, and uh, everything is off. Every date is off, everything, right? And uh, I personally went from, uh, uh, I turned into, I went from a Virgo to a Leo. <laughs> my life's messed up. Where's my rock? Right, you say, give me a break, whatever. But it's all, I'm seriously, it's all completely baloney. I mean, it was baloney before, but now it's like proven everything's off. Now what are you gonna do? And I, I'll close with this. Listen to these people, these are the little, 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 tweets that people made when they learned the news that it's all off now. Quote, I'm so disconcerted to learn that my life has been a lie. <laughs> I'm no longer Sagittarius. Apparently I'm an Ophicus. <laughs> and another person said this, uh, moment of silence for everyone's Zodiac tattoos. This, this girl, she's upset. She goes, so apparently, NASA decided to change everybody's zodiac signs right after I got my Aries tattoo. I just love my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, quote, I'm literally throwing a fit about the new zodiac change. <sighs> All because you went from this book and you turned to a rock in a light socket. It's what you get, right? 
That's just the beginning of where they get their stuff. That's where you get the big term, the age of Aquarius, the Aquarian age, blah, blah, blah. It's all of astrology. What we're going to see, Lord willing, next week is they also get it from, uh, we saw some divination here, but also another form of divination called mediumship. Okay? And basically, that's where you conjure up uh, a spirit. Now, it's not the spirit of God. So next week, we're going to get into the Ouija board. We're going to get into necromancy and possibly some channeling again. And uh, I got a video I'm sitting on. I'm going to share you a girl, a lady, who is uh, supposedly, remember Jay-Z Knight? Yeah, I got a photo of her. And she's going to be channeling uh, this spirit. It's a demon, okay? And you can see it with your own eyes, okay? This is full-blown demonic. But this is their source of truth. This is why it's so whacked out. And this is why it's completely opposite of the scripture. Because that's what demons do. But we'll get to that next week. Lord willing. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay? Well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest, we've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents 
that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a of death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work 
on the cross to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.